Welcome to the Brew Crew Review Podcast, the show by fans or fans of your Milwaukee Brewers. Hello, Brewer fans. Welcome back to another edition of the Brew Crew Review Podcast. This is podcast number 102. I'm your host tonight, Vince Travato, joined here on the set by the great man himself, Mr. Scott Bartell. Scott, how are you tonight? Uh, doing pretty good, pretty good, hanging in there. Um, do we have anyone else uh, joining us today? Or I was about to ask you, did you talk to our uh, our, our friends and co-hosts, Mr. Chad Collins and uh, Craig Mueller? Uh, I did talk to Chad. I actually reminded him that school actually started here in Nevada a week ago, and um, he he was a little distraught about that, but said, don't worry, we, we got a little bit of time here in Wisconsin, so he's going to make the most of it. Okay. I don't know what that exactly means. Um, I'm a little actually worried that he does show up uh, the correct week. Uh, you know, he is a teacher, and he is teaching America's youth, I'm, I'm sure, and nothing but good things. But um, what about Craig? Have you talked to Craig at all? Um, I think Craig said he had to work, um, but okay. I tried to let him know that this – I mean, this is sort of a second job for us, so. Yeah, no, it's, it's, it should be should be a bigger priority. Um, he reminded right, well, me this is the fourth job for him. <laughs> moving, <laughs> that's right. <laughs> moving right along, um, perhaps he's been a little disappointed with the Brewers' play of late. And uh, let's recap the week a little bit, Scott. The Brewers were one and one in a two-game series against the Minnesota Twins, a, a series that took place at Miller Park. Um, had two off days as well last week, and then lost two of three games to the Washington Nationals. Uh, so two and two and uh, what, three on the week. Um, not the best of weeks, uh, but could have been worse. We could have lost, a, you know, an extra innings game and been swept by the Nationals uh, on Saturday. So at least we did pull a victory in that series, or in that uh, game of the series. But um, let's go back to the Twin Series first. Can you give, give us your thoughts? Uh, on the short two-game set against the Twins at Miller Park. Uh, no, I was going to say, actually, I mean, that actually, we were very close to getting swept, I guess I'm doing air quotes, in a, in a two-game series there, too. Um, yeah. I know uh, Hino gave up a pretty bad home run late uh, in the first game, and then in the second game, yeah. uh, we had some heroics of our own to come back, so I guess it's a wash. Yeah, and let's let's actually hit on that point a little bit. I'd like to talk about Josh Hader. I mean, you know, we've you can have the uh, the interns bring up the stats here, but Josh Hader, it's you know, it seems like he's the first three to type of type of pitcher uh, instead of just a batter. And there's only a couple different outcomes that you're going to get from him. It seems like. I mean, his overall numbers are still solid. He's got a 3.02 ERA on the year. Um, he's pitched in 45 games. He's completed, you know, 31 games, 56 and a two-thirds of innings pitched, but and, and 25 saves. Great numbers, really. But the home run totals are just crazy. He's uh, in the in the 45 games that he has appeared in. He's given up 13 home runs, uh, and yet he's recorded 106 strikeouts as well. So it's not like guys are are able to catch up to him. Uh, you know, more than the average pitcher, but at the same time, when they do catch up to him, the balls are leaving the yard. Uh, what do you what do you attribute this to? And I should also point out before we get your response here, um, 13 home runs on the year so far given up by Hader. 
uh, in, as I said, 45 appearances. And last year he gave up nine home runs and 55 appearances. So, you know, he's already well exceeded last year's total with 10 less games appeared in. What, what do you attribute that to? Yeah, he's only um... – Actually, he only gave up 13 home runs in his, uh, in his first two years, which was like, I think, about 125 innings or so. So, yeah, he's already yeah, in 56 right. innings. He's already done right. that now. So, yeah. And as you were saying, 32 hits this year. 13 have left at yard. That's incredible. That's, um, that's like that's – crazy. That's a crazy stat. Almost as crazy as, like, Christian Yelich's, like, fly ball to home run ratio – like the second half of last year and probably all of this year for that matter. So yeah, <laughs> right. pretty ridiculous. I, I don't, it, it seems to me that um, from the beginning of this year, uh, they were not having Josh Hader rely on any of his secondary pitches. Like he was not throwing a slider. He was throwing like 95% of his pitches were fastballs. And it was uh, here it is. Hit it. I have a deceptive delivery. I throw 95 plus and you're not going to hit it. And um, mm-hmm. no, uh, it's, it's catching up to him a little bit. I mean, people are literally like once they get the timing down, if, if the pitch uh, gets too much of the plate, which unfortunately it has uh, a fair amount of times now, uh, people are just teeing off on it. Like there's no secondary pitch. Like, I mean, you can look at any Brewers reliever in the last, I don't know, 20 years or, or any reliever for that matter. Like if, if they rely on one pitch, unless your name is like Mariano Rivera, you're probably not going to be super successful. Yeah, no, that's a that's a great point. And you know, do you think that partially this is this is the result of his evolving role in the Brewers bullpen? You know, last year he was a guy who could throw multiple innings and he still is to an extent this year, but he's also a guy that's being relied on more and more to be a closer because of the struggles of Jeremy Jeffers and because of the injury to Corey Knable and Bobby Wall and others. Um, do you think that he's maybe a little uncomfortable in that ninth inning closer's role? I really don't think that's the issue. I mean, he he did obviously finish a, a fair amount of games, you know, last year. So I, I don't see it as that. I think it's something else. I think that because he realizes that he's sort of like he very well might be the last person out of the pen, that if he comes in in, you know, the eighth inning, we know that we're going to expect a couple innings out of him. Maybe it's just mm-hmm. a matter of he's trying to be like as efficient as possible because he doesn't want those like, uh, you know, you can't have like a 30 pitch inning in the eighth and then come out in the ninth and bring your best. Like it's not going to happen. So maybe he's trying to limit those right. by being as efficient as possible by throwing strikes, but hitters hit strikes sometimes. And maybe that's what it's all about. I, it's, it's hard to say. Yeah. Um, no. And, and yet, you know, he gives up a, home run in a very crucial uh, situation against Minnesota and got hit a little bit in in the game on Saturday against the Nationals. But then again, he had no outs. Bases were loaded uh, by the Nationals. He was able to pitch out of it as well. And, you know, it's funny because those strikeout numbers are what they are. So when you see those numbers, you don't think this is a guy that's struggling. It's just, again, when guys hit him, it's, it's, you know, out of the park, it seems like this year. Yeah, definitely. I remember um, someone had posed a question on a different podcast that was saying, like, if you had a closer who would get three outs every time, but he would give up exactly one run every time, so he would have an ERA of nine, what would that be worth to a team? And Well, um, yeah, that's an interesting question. I didn't know that there were other Brewers podcasts, but um, – <laughs> 
No, this wasn't a Brewers one. This is a national podcast. Okay, 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 good. Um, <laughs> no, but that's 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 an interesting question. I mean, what's the response to that? I mean, at first, like I thought, oh, okay, closer at ERA at nine, not much. But like the rule is, every single time he gets three outs and allows exactly one run. So every time you put him in, so is the R- his ERA is nine then? His ERA is nine, but like if you put him in and it's like a five-three game in the ninth inning, you win. He will allow one run. It will be five-four. Like it's it's a weird hypothetical. I'm like actually, well, yeah, I- but you're. It's an interesting question, but you're severely limiting your bullpen options then because, you know, you've got then other guys that are going to have to pitch in all those one-run games that you're in or tie games that you're in. Uh, you could never use them in a game at Miller Park in a, you know, a one-run save situation. I mean, that it's a, it's a very interesting <laughs> hypothetical. Let's just put it that way. Yeah, kind of weird. I think it would be worth more than, well, certainly a lot more than most 90 ERA pitchers. Let's just leave it at that. I don't want to get on a whole time. Yeah. We have a lot more to talk about. <laughs> we do. Um, what else would you like to talk about, uh, Scott? I mean, uh, we could get into the National Series perhaps a little bit. That was an interesting interesting series. Um, lost the opener on Friday evening. Uh, lost badly on Sunday where the Brewers were able to somehow um, help the Nationals to set their home runs in a game mark with eight. Uh, and unfortunately, they tied the – 2017 Milwaukee Brewers. Um, but then Saturday, they win this 14 inning marathon of a game, uh, easily could have been lost many times. Um, and yet the Brewers were able to, to, to manage a win on the road uh, in extra innings like that. Um, what do you take away from the Washington series generally? And, and um, you know, kind of what were your, what were your thoughts overall on the game on Saturday specifically? Um, one quick note, I'll, I'll, make this as quick as possible. Um, really, no, really go ahead, Scott. It's home fine. run to, to put a cap on that twin series by Trent Grisham. That was uh, probably the highlight oh, yeah. Yeah, career yeah. so far. Um, yeah. yeah, but Friday was – who was pitching? Was that Hauser that pitched really well and we, we just kind of wasted his effort and lost two to one? Yep. I think, yeah. So that was um, definitely a heartbreaker. Um, Saturday's 15 to 14 – game probably took years off of every brewer fan's life yeah I, yeah. I, uh, I was having heart palpitations yeah. and i wasn't even there you were there i couldn't even imagine i was there and i i think i actually put a, not that this is funny but i did put a heart attack joke up or had our interns put that up on twitter um yeah it was definitely a stressful but yet incredibly fun game so it's kind of funny and, and bizarre but looking at some of the brewers blogs that are out there and you know, talking to you guys, um, the two most dramatic wins that the Brewers have managed this year have been games that I've attended. And I live, you know, in Washington, pretty far away from Milwaukee, right? And have attended, I think, seven Brewer games overall on the season, including the three from this past weekend. So um, the other one being in Pittsburgh back in early June, and now this came on Saturday. So both extra inning wins on the road. And games that went back and forth many times and kind of dramatic ninth inning heroics just to tie the game and all sorts of stuff. But yeah, it was an incredible game on, on Saturday. I personally had a ton of fun. It was, it was great um, to see the team be able to come back like that on the road was awesome. Um, there were a lot of Brewer fans in Nationals Park for all three games. So that was pretty exciting just to see uh, the Brewers were very well represented. I mean, it was, it was, it was truly, I, I think, well, it wasn't even, but 
I would say that there was at least 30%, maybe even higher of the stadium were Brewer fans. And that was, I, I think, a pretty conservative estimate. So that, that was great to see. Yeah, no, it's always good to be well represented like that. And I, I believe we had, what, seven home runs in that game? I don't even know where that ranks, like, as far as our, our club record. But Well, aren't you supposed to research these things? I mean, also, are you still coming out here for the series that just happened, Scott? I extended you an invitation. <laughs> <to go. laughs> this that already happened. Yeah. Uh, um, no, I wasn't sure. Like, I was actually – I'm still trying to figure out that. I was like, oh, yeah, D.C. or maybe go to San yeah, Antonio and see what's going on there. That's – I mean, all these things are out there, Scott. I mean, you and Craig both had extended invitations, so I, I don't know what to tell you. But um, in any event, uh, yeah, it was it was it was a lot of fun. Um, had a chance to to really you know spend a lot of time at the ballpark and and and, and kind of just take it all in. And spend, you know, when your team only comes out to the city that you live in for three games out of the year, you're really going to make a whole weekend out of it. So I, I really spent the whole weekend doing. Brewers related stuff and even had a chance to talk to Jeff Levering and uh, other guys affiliated with the team. It was, it was, it was, it was pretty awesome. He, by the way, he mentioned us on the air on, uh, he said Saturday night, I talked to him before the game on Saturday. And then again, after the game on Sunday, as he was actually getting on the team bus and he uh, mentioned to us that he, he talked about us on the air, which was pretty awesome with him. So thanks to Jeff Levering, just in case he listens to the podcast that he, that he brought us up. I hope he said something like, um, Hey, these guys aren't great, but they're trying their best, and they're definitely hard workers. And um, oh yeah, sorry, we um, I'll talk to some people about trying to get your press passes back. No, he said something along the lines of, "Hey, you guys are the ones. I really enjoy your anonymous source, Tom Carter. I think that's what he said." So um, he mentioned our anonymous wow. source, Tom Carter, and um, um, just said, "Hey, it's cool. It's cool that you guys have an anonymous source, and you know that's awesome." Uh, that is really awesome, but I can't believe you would just out our anonymous source like that. I mean, that's... Well, that's what I told him. I'm like, hey, Jeff, here's the thing. You can't say Tom Carter's name on the air or out loud in public because he's anonymous. That's the whole point. You got to call him Tom C. or T. Carter because we're trying to keep this thing, you know, pretty covert and we don't want to blow Tom's cover because he works for the Brewers. So. Yeah, that's literally probably like journalism 101 like that's the sacred code like you can never do that and i, and I don't think we would ever do that intentionally so no no so uh, i told him here jeff we'd love to have you as a guest in our podcast but just don't say tom carter's name on the air bottom line so right. anyway um he mentioned that specifically but uh no they, in all seriousness thanks to jeff he uh he, he was very pleasant and, and fan of our show apparently so again thanks to thanks to jeff lovering um i keep forgetting uh, that like we we always like you know throw out these little references to like working back at the Brewers uh, back when we worked w with the organization. Then we use these little inside jokes once in a while. Um, but now yeah. like a lot of people know these people, a lot of people like listen to this podcast now. So like, it's not really an inside joke anymore. So I guess we have to be a little bit more careful with that. We'll, we'll try to keep Tom's name. No, we realize, yeah, just don't, yeah. We realized that when we showed up for that buffet at the uh, old country buffet at that time and all those people were, you know, cheering for us or when you set that, wing eating record at the Chick-fil-A in Atlanta and people knew you or, you know, at Benno's when you closed out the bar that one night after you did the around the world beer tour. So yeah, yeah no, we're definitely, we're def uh, we've definitely attained Rose. celebrity status. Um, we definitely have attained celebrity status. So that's exciting. But um, Scott, also I wanted to point out, I did not see our, our friend and colleague Tom Hodricord at all on the trip. I just, I don't know what happened to him, but he uh, did not make the trip. 
apparently. So Je- I told Jeff that we appreciate your quality journalism, unlike our colleague Tom Quatricourt. So, you- um, oh, okay. That's good, yeah. Yeah. No, yeah, I was so, going to say, I'm so. like, oh, man, there goes the eighth best uh, option for people who are burners. Sure. There's, there's the guy who's the eighth best beat writer for the Journal Sentinel for the Brewers. But anyway, um, <laughs> yeah, so uh, uh, an intense series. But were you were you overall disappointed uh, in the results on the week? I mean, I, I was really, I mean, maybe selfishly thinking we could take two or three from the Nationals. Their bullpen has been weakened. They've been playing a lot better, obviously, the last, you know, three, four weeks of the season. But, you know, still, we're talking about a bullpen that just gives up a ton of runs and, um, I'm not convinced that the Nationals are as good as our co-host Craig thinks that they are. I just, you know, I, I go to a lot of Nats games, and I just, I don't see the 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 bullpen being able to keep them in any sort of playoff contention. But I thought, you know, maybe maybe I've got my Brewers blinders on with those guys. I just don't, I don't see their bullpen as being a a, a, a real threat um, to any team. And they kind of even proved that on Sunday, even though the Nationals blew us out, but. The Brewers were able to put together a ninth inning rally, and I think Mustakis and Arcia both hit home runs in the ninth on on Sunday. So, um, I mean, were you disappointed that we only won one of the three games? Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, there were. I mean, aside from Sunday's game, I mean, the, the last four games before that were all really close games, and so it definitely definitely couldn't have happened. But yeah, like like you were saying, um, I mean, Saturday's game, Sean Doolittle three home runs, he retired one batter. Yeah, like, right. Ouch, and. From- Doolittle's like he was one of my favorite closers going into this year. He hasn't been super great yet this year, but I mean he, he hasn't been bad. But um, no, and, and Doolittle Doolittle is the best arm that they've got in the pen. They've had to sign guys like Fernando Rodney, Michael Blazek, former Brewer, pitched in the bullpen for a while for them this year. He did get put on the disabled list after the game, so maybe he was dealing with a little bit of an injury. But even so, four point thirty three uh, ERA for Doolittle coming out of the Nats bullpen this year, fifty four games. Um, you know, he's, he's not the same Sean Doolittle from last year where he posted a 1.60 year. Let's just put it that way. Yeah, definitely true. I don't know. I mean, it, I, I don't know why, but like first, of course, I'm obviously disappointed. I think I said we were going to go two and three, and this is one of the first times that I actually thought that we would have a, an under 500 week. And unfortunately yep. it happened. Um, I, I hate to say it, but like right now, when I just look at, how teams are playing i mean the the cubs the cardinals the mets and the nationals i think all of these teams might finish with a better record than the brewers at this point and that obviously would be a very very bad thing because that means uh you know that we're we're not going to get anywhere near the playoffs and i just don't i don't see it right now and i'm i'm really trying though Trying to believe. I want to be a believer again. Yeah, no, fair enough. I'll I'll take the optimistic tack then um, to make up for you or for Craig, who uh, I think said that we were out of the race in April. But I I do want to just you know say we're two games back in both the division and the wild card at this point, despite I think not playing our best baseball at any point yet this season. So um, as teams like the Cubs and the Cardinals continue to underperform a bit, the Brewers and you know others are maintaining and I, I that's not good enough obviously but at the same time if the brewers can come up with a you know last couple of weeks here in august and a hot month of september just like last season I'll, you know i looking back at 2018 you know a, a year that we made the playoffs obviously won our division um the brewers actually had a 500 record i think in july and a or 500 record in june and a losing record in july 
Um, they were okay, pretty decent in a couple games over 500 in August. And then it was September where the team really came on and started piling on. I, you know, I'm, I'm, if I'm looking at this optimistically, I'm thinking, all right, maybe this is just a team that plays better down the stretch, in the clutch, you know, when, when the lights are, are you know, a little brighter perhaps. Um, whether or not that's the case, I don't know. But the last couple of years, even in 2017, the team played better in September. If you remember, that team wasn't expected to do all that much, and yet the Brewers only were eliminated, I think, with two games left in the season um, after, you know, a pretty hot September. So I'm, I'm, I'm hopeful, at least, that the team can kind of put it together. Um, the other stat that uh, the interns kind of, you know, ran with today on Twitter, and I think it's interesting, is that 16 of the next 25 games for the Brewers come against the Cubs and the Cardinals, obviously division rivals. Being only two games back in the division with that many games left to play against division rivals who are ahead of us right now, um, I think gives you know fans a lot of reason for hope because anything can happen in the month of baseball. And um, I do think that with that many games left against division winners, we or against division rivals, I should say, we've got the potential to either fall fall out of this thing very quickly or to uh, or to be right in the thick of it and perhaps even pull ahead um, if we're able to play well against those couple teams. Well, yeah, and to give you an idea, I mean, this is this is the gauntlet starting. Well, actually, probably starting this, but um, <laughs> we'll start. So, no, no, we're well, really starting tonight. You know, well, yeah, so yeah, well, nationals. Be, yeah, especially within so. the division. I mean, so right now we've got here's our next five series uh, at Cardinals, home Diamondbacks, home Cardinals, at Cubs, home Astros, and. Uh, then we got another Cubs series uh, at home. After that, that's a four gamer. So I mean, yeah, that's, but then, but then the Marlins, stretch. and then, but then, the, yeah, it is. But it could also, you know, you've got the opportunity then to advance against some teams. And after the Marlins uh, uh, or the opponent on the road in Miami, then it's another series in St. Louis against the Cardinals. So, you know, that's a lot of team, you know, a lot of interdivision games going on here in the next, you know, three four weeks of the season. And. That's when, like, if we can just sort of hang around until the middle of September, I mean, we have a chance to make up a ton, like, or distance ourselves at, at basically exactly, in the last yeah. four games at home against uh, the Padres, three at home against the Pirates, and then we've got three and three on the road against the Reds and Rockies. None of those teams really frighten me. I mean, that that's your right. opportunity right there, but it – those games aren't going to mean as much if, if we fall behind now. So. Yep. No, that's, that's exactly right. But I, you know, again, I think that there's an opportunity here. We'll see what happens. Um, You know, it's obviously tough. The Cardinals are a good team. The Cubs are a good team. We can't take anything for granted. That being said, you know, playing those teams that many times in this stretch, I think, I think does give us a bit of a, at least an edge on teams that don't have those division opportunities like we do. So uh, no, I'm excited for it, I, and we'll see what happens. And I, and I know we've talked about it on other podcasts, but I don't think that anybody would have predicted that, you know, we were going to run away with this division by five or ten games. I, I just don't think that that's realistic. When you've got teams that are as equally matched as the Brewers are with the Cubs or the Cardinals, everybody is pretty solid, you know, top to bottom. And I, I would have been shocked if it wasn't going to be a close division race. So to be where we're sitting, you know, the, essentially the middle of August still, I don't I, – I really am not – shocked at all and I know that we've had opportunities that we didn't take advantage of but so have the other teams and that's to be expected in a hard 62 game season so I think that there needs to be a little bit of perspective put on this that yeah there's there's been some disappointments there's also been some injuries there's also been you know questionable decisions of course and maybe trades that weren't made or 
um, starting rotation questions not addressed. That being said, we're right where we, I think, would want to be almost. Uh, obviously, you'd like to be up by two games rather than behind by two games. But with this many games left uh, and this many games left against division rivals, I think we're, we're not actually in a bad spot. Yep, a lot of baseball left. Uh, that is for sure. So, I mean, obviously, um, I believe you were there for that entire series. In fact, with um, I was, yeah. Brewers and Nationals. Any other anything exciting or something crazy happen or anything like that? Um, yeah, I mean, other than lots the- of- <laughs> yeah. Well, right, yeah. Other than what took place on the field. Um, uh, had some interactions with some players, uh, which was really good. I had a chance to talk a little bit to Hernan Perez, uh, really a good guy. Um, we had a couple moves that were made recently that maybe we should touch on. The Brewers, after that marathon game on Saturday, had to send down uh, Ray Black and Freddie Peralta to the minor leagues to San Antonio just because you know, it kind of had gone through that entire, entire bullpen. In fact, both teams were out of pitchers by the time that that game was done. So, um, in order to, to get some fresh arms up, Jay Jackson and Aaron Wilkerson uh, were recalled. And Wilkerson's already since been sent down for Zach Davies, but um, had a chance actually to talk to both Ray Black and Jay Jackson a little bit um, before the game on Saturday to, to Ray Black and then after the game on uh, Sunday to Jay Jackson. And uh, just, you know, we didn't we didn't have a formal interview um, with these guys, but just to kind of relate to our fans, what the interaction was like, we uh, talked to, talked to Ray Black and when Ray uh, and us, when Ray and I were talking, he just kind of reiterated how excited he was to be in a Brewers organization and um, just that he was very excited for this opportunity. So I I would like to just point out to fans that he's a really personable guy that um, I think is genuinely excited for this uh, chance in, in Milwaukee. He had spent, you know, a little time in the big leagues with the giants and, um, but not a ton of time. I, and I think he kind of sees this as being a good fresh start and he's very excited to be with a team like the Brewers. And then Jay Jackson could have been nicer as well after the game on Sunday, talking to him. Um, also had a chance to talk to Chase Anderson a little bit on Sunday after the game that he lost. And, um, you know, and it was, it was interesting. He, he remained incredibly uh, graceful uh, even after his, his, his poor performance on Sunday and, kind of said these things happen and uh you know it is what it is i you know i i view the fact that he was willing to still talk after a game like that um you know to to be kind of a, a statement on his character he just is an all-around pretty classy guy so anyway those were some brief interactions with these guys and you know had a had a really good experience overall with the team the last few days i can't even remember what team it was anymore but do you remember when um uh craig randomly asked the guy uh if um a team won that night and it turned out that the person at the bar was uh russell martin and he just gave him a no look i was with punch yeah him. i was i can relay that story because i was there we was at a <laughs> bar in chicago and you know craig likes to drink our uh, executive producer or former executive producer and corona a little too much you drink a little too many coronas and oh, you know he's got now i think or heineken i don't know something it's poor poor taste in beer but um we love him nonetheless <laughs> and yeah, he mentioned to Russell, to Russell Martin. Yeah, uh, Russell Martin and Brad Penny were sitting at a bar, and Craig asked Russell what the score of the game was, meaning the hockey game that was taking place. You know, Craig Craig's an educated man. He went to UW Madison, so he's pretty educated. And he talked to he talked to to Russell and recognized him, I should say, right away, and asked him. And Russell uh, looked at Craig like this death stare, and uh, 
you know, assumed that Craig had been talking about the Dodgers and Cubs game that had taken place that day. This is, you know, when both Penny and Martin were with the Dodgers and Martin's still there. But um, the the look of death that was inspired by Craig's question was pretty, pretty epic. And when Craig, when Russell stood up to engage Craig and, you know, we'll call it conversation, but I think it was really to engage in a fisticuffs. And uh, Brad Penny had to step in and I had to step in to sort of, you know, defuse the situation. It was quite, quite epic. But, um, you know, when Craig, Craig drinks too much, he gets a little, little frustrated or out of control. So we all, we all know what can happen there. So um, in any event, yes, that was probably a much better interaction that we had this weekend with the, with the Brewers here in Washington than Craig's interaction with the Dodgers in Chicago randomly in uh, like circa 2008. Well, in Craig's defense, I mean, I'm like we, we all get a little crazy when we drink, but I've never seen Craig like actually punch someone. Something I did like a tree or a pillar or <laughs> yeah. Didn't he punch that porta pot one time at a tailgating yeah. uh, party for Bon Jovi or something? Car, a desk. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. Chair, well, he threw the chair. That doesn't count. Uh, but... And then he threatened that he threatened that Canadian Mountie that one time at Niagara Falls. But yeah, no, I and Craig can defend himself next time he comes on a podcast, which you know we'll see when that is. But um, he may also never call us back again after <laughs> listening to this. <laughs> Sorry, Craig. Well, Craig was sober when he threatened the Mountie, for what it's worth, and that ticket was BS. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> um, Scott, do we have any uh, email questions here in the bag? Uh, I don't know if you if you see anything here. Um, email questions from fans. I don't know. I didn't even look. I'm. I'm. I probably should. Do you have the interns check on that here? Let me. Uh, let me check. Don't do anything. So. Let me let me let me check on this quick. Oh, I got one here. Uh, this question comes from Sullivan King, actually, from uh, Milwaukee, Wisconsin, and and Sullivan writes, uh, "Hey guys, great show. Love you guys, Scott. Like your hair. Um, do you Let's guys think that. that there will be be any additions from the minor league team that comes up when rosters expand that'll make a difference for the Brewers uh, on September first? Um, Scott, nice tie." Love, love the show, Sully. Okay. Well, I'll just underline that will make a difference. And then short answer, no. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> okay. Sorry. Uh, fair, fair enough. I mean, we're only looking at guys that are on the 40 right now. Um, I could see us adding a little depth maybe with, you know, certain positions. Uh, I'll take Sully's question here, even though I didn't reply to anything about my side. But um, I'll say David Brightus perhaps is being a backup, backup catcher. Um no, it sounds oh, weird, see, but when you're going to, maybe. Well, well, perhaps, but Bright is having a heck of a year in San Antonio, so I could see him. And the other guy, and it seems like David Stearns, you know, like veterans in September, looking at the track record of bringing in guys like Granderson. We don't have the August 31st trade deadline anymore, so maybe a guy like Corey Spangenberg is actually hitting pretty well in uh, San Antonio with the missions as well. So I, I could see one of those guys perhaps getting the nod, guys that we have not yet seen in a Brewers uniform, sort of veterans we can add. Uh, Spangenberg can play several positions on the infield, so he might be a guy. I do think we're also going to see you know more familiar names like Travis Shaw and Tyler Saladino uh, that are called back up to the big leagues, and then a lot of these guys who have been um, you know sort of on the bullpen uh, minor league to major league shuttle uh, throughout the course of the year, guys like Wilkerson or Ray Black or um, uh, Faria, the guy that we just got from Tampa, other guys like that. So we'll we'll see some arms. I think that it's never 
a bad thing to add pitching. Freddie Peralta, I'm sure he'll be back up. Um, guys like that. The one guy who I do not think we're going to see is Corbin Burns, who, by the way, was sent uh, from AAA to AA this past week as well in another bit of news. Well, um, sometimes you just got to get it right. Sometimes a change of scenery is what you need, and sometimes yep. two changes of scenery is what you need. <laughs> so bizarre. Um, bizarre. I, I don't know, man. I, I'm totally rooting for the guy. I mean, I, I thought for sure that he was going to wind up being like, I thought like him, Taylor Williams, what, like, oh, man, it's just so frustrating. I mean, uh, I'll say this. There, of, of the people that we bring up, there is a chance that one of those arms is going to, you know, e- even if they wind up only throwing like, I don't know, five, eight innings, something like that, like they could be a really, really strong contribution because this bullpen needs help. Um, well, they, we, by yeah, the, the bull- way, uh, oh, sorry. I was just going to say Spangenberg by the other way was the, uh, he was the other half of the Domingo Santana trade. So we brought Camel and, and him, right? So we haven't seen much of him yet in the majors, but. I don't, I don't think that that's accurate, but that's okay, Scott. Um, yeah, I, really? You, Seriously? Yeah, that's all right though. Yeah. Well, I think we signed him as a, I think we signed him as a free agent from the Padres, but that's, that's okay. Um, Spangenberg? Yeah. Just check the interns give you bad stuff. You're gonna have to let somebody check, go. Just talk and I'll I'll look. I don't know. Yeah, well, fine. It's, you know, Stupid I don't intern. know. I don't know what the intern if the interns are on spring break or what's going on. But um, yeah. Uh, well, anyway, thanks to Sullivan King for the question. Uh, in the meantime, we would like to remind you to continue to to give our show a follow on Twitter. It is Brew Crew Review One on Twitter. Con- uh, continue to send us your questions to our. Uh, our hosts and our interns, the ones that are not fired, Brew Review Podcasts with an S at gmail.com. Uh, and Scotty, what's the YouTube channel? What other information would you care to share with our listeners? I don't know. Just look up Brew Crew Review. You'll see one about beer and one about us. So just click yeah, you can. If we're talking <laughs> about beer for more than five minutes, then it's probably the wrong one. If it's under five minutes, it's probably the right one. <laughs> then it's probably, it's probably, probably true. And, uh, Special shout out, shout out to our new listener, uh, Johnny Giano Steinberg, who is now following our show and uh, listening to our podcast this week. So we're into him out here before the game, uh, or after the game, I should say, on Friday. And uh, he is a new fan of the Brew Crew Review. So shout out to Johnny, and thanks for listening. Um, and again, thank you to Sullivan King for the question. Uh, Scott, what do we have on the docket for the next week? Do you want to go through uh, some predictions here for the next few games? The team, like you said, is in... Uh, St. Louis right now, uh, and then has a series against the Diamondbacks taking place at beautiful Miller Park in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. So a total of six games, three games set against each team. What do you think? I don't know. First, I just want to say that I'm really sorry. Um, yeah, no, Spangenberg, you're right. Yeah, no, claim him. Yeah, got him off Padres. Yeah, wonderful. Okay. I don't know why I was thinking he was part of that Santana trade, but, you know, sometimes with uh, – Stearns, you know, he does so many trades, it's hard to keep up on him, so I'm just going to blame it to that. But don't worry, um, interns will edit this all out anyway, so I won't look like an idiot because our interns really like <laughs> So I'm sure they'll edit it out. Not a problem. And that, is, that is a reminder, with the fall semester starting, don't forget, we do have an affiliated internship program with the University of Wisconsin-Milwaukee, Marquette University, and Carroll University. Uh, Concordia, Cardinal Stritch, and the University of Wisconsin Waukesha, aka Harvard on the Hill. Uh, if you'd like to be an intern for credits, if you last the entire semester before getting fired, you can send us your resumes. Again, Brew Crew Review Podcasts with an S. Well, 
Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I guess I was just <laughs> going to say, like, what a ridiculous year this is. It's unbelievable. I'm trying to look up. I'm like, I don't know what I'm going to predict. Like, um, so let's see. We've got this week six games, three at home against the Cardinals, three on the road against the Cubs. Um, no, no, no. Three, three on the road against the Cardinals, and three at home against the Diamondbacks. What? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Sorry, wrong week. God damn it! What is going on here? Sorry, <laughs> I had a puppy attacking my legs, so I was just like, I don't know. Yeah. Um, it happens. Yeah. Okay. I'm gonna say three and three. I actually think we'll lose two or three to the Cardinals and get two or three against the Diamondbacks, but um, that's that's what I think. What do you think? Yeah, at the risk of sounding a little uncreative, I, I tend to agree with you. We always seem to struggle in St. Louis, even after I gave that optimistic diatribe before. So, yeah, probably dropping two or three against the Cardinals, which is just going to cap off, uh, you know, a rough week overall in the calendar here. But yeah, the Diamondbacks we seem to play well against. Um, you know what? No, I'm gonna. I'll change it up. I'll say four and two. I think we sweep Arizona at home. How about that? But we lose two or three, unfortunately, to the Cardinals. So. Um, we'll say, I'll say we make up one game this week in the standings because of that. Well, it um, probably makes for more interesting content. I mean, we can't always agree, I guess. Scott, I think we've only got a couple of minutes left, but just really quick, why don't we talk about one other news item that came up this week? Uh, the 2020 schedule was released. Uh, opening day is against the Chicago Cubs at Miller Park uh, in March. What do you think of the 2020 schedule and uh, the Cubs being our first opponent and any other weird features of the schedule that you'd like to like to discuss in the remaining time. Um, you know what? Great. Now I'm going to have to pull up the schedule. I really should have gone over this in pre-production, but you know what? I'm just going to go on rant instead. I'm just going to rant instead. So you can talk about the rest of the schedule. All I care about is that right. day. And I can tell you I'm pissed. Like opening day to me is better than Christmas. It's better than, like Thanksgiving, New Year's, like it is the best day of the year. Like if you're a hardcore fan, this is your favorite day of the year. Better than your birthday, yeah. better than anything. And to have to deal with those disgusting Cubs fans coming up here. Like I know that we're obnoxious as Brewer fans, but we're all rooting for the Brewers, so it's fine. But man, I cannot deal with that level of idiocy on opening day like I, I just feel like someone just spit on my cupcake <laughs> but, and you're not wrong I mean and that's the thing and I will just look at it too from a kind of a pragmatic point of view I mean when you look at teams like the Brewers middle to small market teams and you know games that are going to be sellouts anyways well we can always include the Cubs in that we know that the Brewers and Cubs series at Miller Park is going to sell out every season. And we also know that opening day, no matter who it's against is going to sell out. I'd rather have seen, you know, some random team like the Rockies or the Padres or something that doesn't necessarily draw all that well in Milwaukee. Otherwise be part of that opening series. Cause you're going to get at least one sellout out of the first three games of the year. Um, so yes. And I will just point out the last time I was back home was for opening day. So it is a holiday and Scott, I will expect to see you at the tailgate party next year, regardless of who the opponent is just for the record. I will not be there. Um, I'm one of those people, like all of the times I, I take the view that, uh, the great, the great Dennis Khan, um, oh man, his profanity laced tirades. Like the only thing was like when we swept the Cubs and he was just like, 
get the F out of here, every one of you. Like, he was just absolutely so happy. <laughs> well, the smile in well his being, face, like, added years to my life. He was just, what a great guy. Um, as being a Brewers employee, it was a completely appropriate response for what it's worth. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So, yeah. Uh, I don't know. I mean, I opening day is great, but it seems like you said, kind of a waste um, when you already know that basically Brewers Cubs games are going to sell it anyway. Like, why do it? But whatever. I mean, um, you know, it's not like the Brewers get to hand pick their schedules. So, um, yeah, this, this isn't the Bud Selig era, man. Um, <laughs> also, <laughs> also, uh, one other weird part of the, the calendar or the schedule that I noticed: the Brewers have a lot of. Friday off days, especially in the first few months of the year, it's, it's completely bizarre to me. We're off on the day after opening day on a Friday night. We're off, uh, that's March 27th. We're off on April 3rd. Uh, we're off on May 29th. Uh, I just, I don't understand why Major League Baseball would start scheduling Friday off days, three Fridays during the season. It makes no sense to me. Yeah, I don't get it. I mean, I guess also looking at the Brewers' schedule, I noticed there were uh, several, like, 13-game stretches and things like that without an off day. I mean, I guess it's not super uncommon, but it seemed like there were a little more than normal. Uh, Not super happy about that either. Yeah, it's it's bizarre. Um, You know, the Brewers do play the American League East in your league play next year, so uh, that means that the Yankees are going to come back to Miller Park. Uh, I believe that the Brewers play on the road and oh, I'm sorry a home and road series both against Tampa and then uh, they go to Boston's Fenway Park and they also do come to Camden Yards again so on a selfish note um, it'll be great to see the Brewers for a weekend up in Baltimore next season and uh, in addition to their DC trip but uh, yeah it's a bizarre it's a bizarre schedule to me man I I don't know about a lot of this yeah, Camden's something I'd always want to see, but I feel like I would just get my ass kicked in Baltimore and be like, oh, the wire. Remember that? Yeah, maybe maybe less stereotypes and just come out here for a visit, Scott. We can go up there together. It's about 45 minutes from my house, so it's not not that bad. Um, so happy happy to escort you to Camden just if you're not too afraid. It'd be it'd be it'd be fine. We survived Atlanta together, man. Remember? <laughs> we survived Detroit. <laughs> I we did. I've been to Detroit with you. I've been to Atlanta. I don't think you've got too much to worry about uh, when it comes to Baltimore. You'll be okay. Yeah. No. I mean, uh, other than a, a bird pooping on um, someone's uh, bird, <laughs> that was like, that, oh well, actually no. Um, I think Craig almost got us killed on the freeway. Um, he did. He did. That was by far the most dangerous thing, and uh, the police did give him one ticket during that trip, but not enough. So yeah. It wasn't too bad. I mean, I wasn't as concerned as anybody, but we were in like a tank of a car. Like, I don't even know what it was, but I'm just going to say it was like probably like a, I don't know, like a Chrysler LeBaron or something like that. And there were six of us piled into this, this car. <laughs> that just made it all the more uh, interesting. Definitely a, a wild nothing, nothing but class from the Brooker Review, man. Uh, nothing but class. So it's all coming out of our travel budget. So um, thanks again to our sponsors for their extensive donations to Benno's uh, in downtown West Dallas. We'd like to express our thanks. Um, Random thank you uh, to um, John Barnes for um, getting us all those unbelievable tickets to all those unbelievable games. Some on very short notice due to our own negligence. So, yes, no, most definitely. Sorry, John. 
Thanks to John. Yeah, and apologies in advance uh, for probably calling you again sometime randomly for more tickets to something. Um, and uh, yeah, but yeah, thanks to all, all of our sponsors, uh, including the City of West Dallas Chamber of Commerce as well. Um, hey, we got another five-star like, by the way, on the podcast, so. Another what? Another five-star uh, review. Oh, that's great. Uh, yeah. That's, that's, that's awesome. Guys, um, thank you so much for that. You have no idea. Like, I mean, they're, they're weighted so much when you only have so few. And, um, you know, if you guys are listening to this, like, please vote. Definitely. Like, I'm not above begging. And um, <laughs> definitely, uh, uh, if it's of the five-star variety, if it's, a, if it's like a one or a two-star, even a three or a four, like, you don't have to vote today. Just put it off. <laughs> But yeah, five yeah, stars, man, them so bad. Yeah, they're not exactly. Well, and stay tuned, uh, you know, Brewer fans. We've got some some interesting stuff. We'll try to continue to bring you this amazing content uh, and Scott's expert analysis. But um, we will also be bringing you some player interviews. Uh, we've got we've got an interview coming up with former Milwaukee Brewers pitcher Seth McClung at some point in the next couple of weeks. Seth has been gracious enough to agree to appear on our podcast. So we're excited to bring you um, kind of some thoughts and stories from a guy who was a pretty integral pitcher for us in 2008 during the Brewers uh, first postseason run in uh, over 25 years at that point. So excited to talk to Seth. Um, Scott, any other final thoughts here for, uh, for our fans before we sign off? Um, belated birthday wishes to uh, Jason DeRocher, uh, who was on our podcast just uh, a few weeks yeah. back. Um unbelievable interview like i literally like it's so weird because i never even spoke to the guy until like 10 minutes before we started taping and it felt like this is a guy that he, like i could just grab a beer with and just like talk to for hours because he had so many yeah. stories like everything J- he said jason, was entertaining. yeah jason is a really funny guy and really enjoyed getting to talk to him on the podcast and actually i, I had been talking with him for a week or two before the podcast as well and um, we've traded a few texts since then too. He's a, he's a really good guy. He has a lot of good stories and spend time in the bullpen, which always seems to be sort of the place where all these great baseball stories generate in so many cases. Cause you've got guys that, you know, are watching games for the first six innings, like fans. And that's the funny part with these guys. I think that you can really find some characters uh, all across baseball fields and, and diamonds across America, but you really are going to find that your, your nest of characters many times in that bullpen. So yeah, Jason was one of those guys and uh, happy birthday to Jason. And thanks for listening to our show and thanks for, thanks for appearing on what I think was one of our better episodes actually. So, and, uh, and thanks to former Brewers pitcher Dave Pember, who was the guy that uh, got us in touch with Jason in the first place. Yeah, definitely. Um, if you, if you have a chance, um, like anybody, like anybody who's listening, tell your friends, like seriously, like have them go back and listen to those old episodes with, um, with just uh, the interviews that we've had with former players, like every single one of them is great. Like I'm not saying every episode we do is great, but every interview yeah. we've had so far has been just awesome. Yeah, Larry Sorensen, another guy, and Pete Docalillo. We've we've managed to bring some guys that, um, you know, were you know, and well, in Larry's case, especially a guy who was really a key guy in Brewers history, and um, then you hear from other guys too, and it's not a cut on anyone, but I love hearing from guys that maybe didn't have. Uh, they weren't first round draft picks, for instance, or they weren't guys that were for sure big leaguers, but they were able to, you know, spend years in professional baseball and, and played with the Brewers and they played, you know, in the minor leagues. And in Pete Socolillo's case, he played for, you know, the World Baseball Classic. And uh, just to hear all these stories from guys that, you know, uh, that that had a had a role, whatever that role was in team history, I think is awesome. And 
Uh, you know, guys like Larry Sorensen, geez, he was telling stories about having to face Jim Rice and Carl Yastrzemski and pitching in the All-Star game. It was just all, the, all these guys bring something to the table. And, you know, a guy like Dave Pember, who made his big league debut with Milwaukee, it's 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 pretty awesome to hear those stories. So, yeah, please give us uh, not only a follow on social media, but go back, listen to some of the old, uh, you know, interviews that we've had with some of these guys. And we'll continue to bring you those. And I think we're going to increase our interviews with players in the offseason as well. Obviously, there's a lot of content, you know, in season to talk about the on-field stuff and hot stove league stuff and everything like that. But uh, in the offseason, we're still going to continue to tape on a regular basis. And uh, we'll try to bring you guys more interviews as well. Yeah. Um, who knows? I mean, who knows what the future holds with this podcast? I mean, uh, there's been a, a lot of talks under the table with things that we're working with right now. So it's definitely exciting. Um, but yeah, I mean, if also, if you guys have any questions, like, whether it be like a question that you just want to submit, like do that, obviously Twitter, Facebook, uh, the Gmail, like all of those things. Um, or if you have a question for like an interview that's upcoming or something like that, and you really want to ask somebody something, or if you just want to say like, Oh, Hey, like I saw, I remember I was at this game and Seth pitched lights out. It was awesome. Like we can, we can do that too. Like we'll incorporate whatever we can. So, um, always great to uh, hear from you guys. I know, um, it's, it's always a pleasure to interact with you guys on Twitter, like even after some of the frustrating losses, like, um, but more importantly, like those unbelievable wins. I mean, the, it was like uh, a, a real fevered pitch when the Brewers came back and won that game on Saturday and you were, you were live tweeting it the whole time from the stadium and it was just awesome. You know, I mean, to have that kind of interaction with, um, with our fans is just phenomenal. So thank you guys. Yep. Yep, no, and, and, and thanks again to our intern, Esmeralda. If you haven't fired her, uh, much appreciated for all her efforts. Thanks to our co-hosts, Craig and Chad, for all their great work on the show this evening. Uh, and, and, Scotty, thanks for being on the set here tonight. Yeah, always a pleasure. Um, always uh, a thanks to our anonymous source. Yeah, and thanks to our anonymous source, Tom Carter, as well. I don't want to forget him. Right. Well, yeah, I mean, I guess I guess <laughs> Jim Lieberman already <laughs> – he already uh, mentioned his name, so I can say, I guess at this point, it's okay if we say it just this once. Yeah, no, it's fine. Um, sounds, sounds good. Well, all right, Scott, thanks again. Uh, reminder to, to tune in again next week. We'll have another great show for you. And uh, in the meantime, stay classy, Wisconsin. Go Brewers. Stay classy and go Brewers. Do, 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 do.